back to the Family Movie Night podcast where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content they consume. Uh, This is episode 46, and we are talking about the 2008 DreamWorks animated movie Kung Fu Panda, uh, which I know it is not technically a classic yet, but already feels like a classic around my house. Uh, We are very excited to talk about this. But of course, let me introduce my wonderful co-host up front. We've got the hero of our podcast, Ho himself, the Dragon Warrior, Donnie Dorsey. How are you doing? I'm feeling good. It's time to embrace your awesomeness. Yeah, that's right. Well, and attractiveness. There is no no cost for awesomeness or attractiveness. There Uh, is not. And, and possibly the greatest opening in any animated film of all time. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> but that's, of course, because we have our villain of the podcast, uh, Sawyer Hewlett, uh, who is uh, either Ian McShane as Ty Lung, or uh, I would even put for no the No major- or. No or. I am or- Ian McShane as Ty Lung. Okay. I, I don't think so. I think <laughs> if I could if I could pick someone for you to be, it would be Little Mousy Shifu. Oh my god. <laughs> not a villain. Nay saying the majority of the movie. Certainly yeah, antagonistic. He, he comes around, okay? Oh, all right. Okay. All right. He's, 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 he is a by the end of the movie, he is a protagonistic character. Well, maybe but, we maybe we can have I don't know if I like the use of the word protagonistic, but <laughs> he is on the side of getting the hero to where he needs to be. Okay, there you go. He is pushing the hero in the right direction. Very good. Well, that's all right. Maybe you'll learn by the end of this, you would prefer to be a little mouse than be the big, strong, scary villain. A a snow leopard? Uh, I'll choose the the snow leopard, okay? And that's why you will never inherit the kingdom, my friend. But of (laughs) course, next up, we have the mom of our podcast pulling double duty, not only as mom, but also auntie. Heidi Cooper, Mm -hmm. how are you doing? Yes, just living my best life, hovering in kids, five of them this weekend. Well, wonderful. Lots of fun. (laughs) Maybe you'll watch Kung Fu Panda or the sequel with those kids this weekend. Yeah, I mean, all of them. It's a rainy weekend, so we can just do all, all the pandas. That's right. All the fun stuff. Well, very good. Well, hey, uh, before we get to talking about this great movie, uh, Donnie Dorsey, why don't you tell them what we do on this podcast? Well, on this podcast, we encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories and start conversations that will matter. Now, the goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and shared experiences that will help you build stronger relationships. And, uh, you know, movie nights are great opportunities to do that because movies are not just an easy way to share laughter, joy, fear, and sadness in this safe environment, but they also give us a chance to talk about what matters most to us in ways that are meaningful and memorable with our children. And uh, on this podcast, we want to not only recommend some movies you can watch on your monthly movie night, but give you some ideas of meaningful conversations you can have with your children, you know, during or, or even after the movie. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add another thing to your list of things as a parent that you feel guilty about not doing. We just want to make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together and building memories and having conversations that matter. So throughout our conversation today, remember that we want to have fun and help you think through simple and easy ways to share your love of Jesus with your kids. 
And uh, I think this movie is not only a great opportunity to have good conversations, but I think all of us would agree this firmly fits in the, hey, just have fun and laugh with your kids. This is just a solid movie to enjoy uh, just time laughing with your kids. My kids love this movie, uh, but it's not just up to me. So Donnie Dorsey, why don't you tell them uh, what is it that you love about this movie, man? What, what Kung Fu Panda 2008. Do you remember, did you see this when it was in theaters? I can't remember. I probably did, but I I don't remember. But I mean, what what's not to like about this movie? You have the, the hero of the, the movie is essentially not exactly the the um the written hero that you expect to have you have all of these different characters having all these varying traits like you know with the the furious five like it's i mean it's it's got all the ingredients this is a perfect soup I agree. This movie is so much fun. I went to see this. My wife and I were trying to figure out if we went to see this together or not. We were already engaged when it came out. Um, but I was I was really at a point in my life where uh, I was kind of getting back into animated movies. You know, you graduate high school, and now it's cool to be into animated stuff again. It's not a problem like it was when you were in middle school and you were trying to assert yourself as a serious person who likes serious things like Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, but... This was a movie I went and saw, and I really wasn't expecting much. Um, I like Jack Black, uh, but I had never... I, I really just thought, oh, this is going to be a kid's movie. And we sat down, and the first three minutes of this movie blew me away. I was like, this is hilarious. This is funny. Visually, it's the coolest thing I'd seen. And for anyone who loves that first three minutes of the movie, you should know, it's actually directed by Jennifer U. Nelson, who goes on to direct Kung Fu Panda 2 and 3 and a lot of that art style comes back a lot in those movies and so a fan of those movies uh, I'll just say the, this movie is a ton of fun really funny visually good looking the action is incredible we talked about the sea beast a couple ones and we talked about some of the best action we've seen in an animated movie uh, I think this is even better than that I think the action oh, in yeah. this is solid so good and so interesting uh, Sawyer Hewlett, uh, you're already agreeing. What is it you love about... Now, you had told me you had a very similar experience with this movie that I had to Finding Nemo. Uh, so why don't you yeah. explain explain that to everybody? So I didn't... I, I I would never say that at any point I disliked this movie. Um, I would say I was totally indifferent on it. I was like, yeah, it's, it's whatever. It's Kung Fu Panda. It's totally innocuous. Um, I hadn't watched it since maybe it came out in theaters, honestly, maybe I saw it once on DVD. Um, but like, you know, this came out. Yeah. Right. I think this came out when I was in seventh grade, maybe at the end of sixth grade. And I was, I was fully entrenched in, if it's not Lord of the Rings or a war movie or star Wars, I'm not that interested in it. Um, and like, and so, like, especially with the sequels, I was not into them at all. I think I've seen each of them maybe once, and I don't remember anything about them. We were talking off camera, and I'm actually really excited. I'm going to rewatch those very soon because I, 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 because of how much I enjoyed it this time. And, you know, not many animated movies are able to, like, get me to change my mind as much as this movie did. Because I, you know, you said it like the action in this movie is like, and I don't know, maybe it's just I enjoy animation better. 
than live action. The animation is, or the action is so cool throughout every sequence. Like every sequence is unique. There's a really cool jailbreak scene that I promise you is cooler than anything in live action. There is a really, really cool like team up scene that like where the bad guy kind of just like does whatever he wants with the good guys and he wins and stuff like that. It's really awesome. And the final battle sequence is really cool. Um, but in a really, again, a really unique and different way. We have the really cool opening. The action in this movie is just really good. The humor is Okay, I love the humor. I would not begrudge someone, though, for being like, this is a very 2008 kids movie sense of humor, which works for me. I like. I know if I asked my brother what he thinks of the humor, he would be like, that is the dumbest movie ever, to which I would say, I can't help you then. But but I like this movie. I like this movie well, a lot. Well, this, this may be the first time, but maybe it won't be the last time I say this. We did not make this podcast for your brother. So. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so, uh, but if no, I, anyone I, in, uh, in our audience is raising your brother and they need to find a movie to watch for him, we can talk to your parents it. later. Yeah. We can help um, them figure it out. But, uh, I, I don't even think my parents know that this podcast exists. Um, that so, is probably true. And, and so, but, but no, I, I really like the movie. Um, I really like this movie has like a surprisingly stacked cast like there is not a non-famous person on this cast everyone is like what was the budget for this movie because the animation is great the and and like the sport there's star power like angelina jolie plays a character with like a quarter of the screen time and then there's seth rogan playing a character with like three lines of dialogue like this is also you gotta remember this is 2008 post uh, Shrek. This is the landscape for DreamWorks. They didn't make a movie that didn't have a- actors yeah, all through. I mean, oh, right. they they made Shark Tale. Yeah, that's they made a movie where they put Will. They made a they made a fish with Will Smith's ears. Yep. I don't. I, they, they thought you know what'll sell a movie? Will Smith's ears on a fish. Well, and we might have talked about this once. Wasn't that like DreamWorks is like goal was get big stars in our movies and yeah stuff we like did that. we did we did i actually think that got cut uh from okay, an episode gotcha. where i gave the entire historical rundown on the creation of dreamworks animation that gotcha. only sawyer was interested in i can't yep. yeah i can't imagine why that got cut guys <laughs> yeah i went back and listened to the episode i thought this is really boring i don't think anybody's interested in how this happened but yes that is what happened after aladdin uh the the uh guy behind all of it left and uh he wanted and now every movie to get cut. <laughs> yeah, he wanted every movie to be Robin Williams in it. So anyway, Heidi Cooper, what is it that you enjoy about Kung Fu Panda? Oh, there's so much to enjoy. It's like such a it's a really heartwarming movie. It's really fun for kids of all ages, I think. Like my oldest, um, who's an adult, will still watch it like you were talking about, you know, like it's just one of those movies that um that really you can get into at any age and so i think yeah. it's it's really cool but i love the what we'll talk about later i love the unlikely hero um part of it yeah. that's that's probably my favorite part yeah i think this movie is just remarkable and i will say out of um i probably am a bigger like toy story fan as far as animated trilogies but in my family this is it uh i bet we have watched this trilogy 
Uh, I, and since we have gotten um, all of our girls in our home, which is we just got across three years, I bet we have watched this four times, all of the trilogy, over and over and over again. They love these movies. Um, and I think not just the action, uh, I mean, not, in not not just the adventure, but the humor and the heart and the characters. Uh, if you haven't gotten to Kung Fu Panda 3, there's an entire colony of pandas. And people, I mean, it is to buy kids lose their minds. It is awesome. Not as much as the scene where he is trying to get over the wall to get into the, um, into the ceremony and Dude, keeps, that scene is so funny my i it's another one of those where my girls are just yeah. belly laughing every time he falls off and then he gets smacked in the face and then he gets flung up in the air and falls down physical comedy man they there and, and i once again just as a parent it's just like building memories those memories as a parent are just so especially with my 10 year old as she's getting older and things are kind of not cool and fun and you know everything's dark and angsty like it's very fun to just listen to her belly laugh and just see it to have moments as a family to just be like wow isn't life enjoyable uh and so those those moments alone make this movie i think worth it um i could see like sawyer was saying if you've got 13 14 15 year olds especially because they would have seen this at a younger age maybe now it kind of feels like oh that's a kid movie or whatever but certainly i'd say up until middle school and then maybe even again if you've got adult children i think this movie uh, is just all around a good time. I enjoy them. I love them. So I'm excited to talk about it. But really the reason we brought this is we think there is a great theme in this movie uh, that we think will help your kids. Once again, our goal is to help them love Jesus and his way of life. And the more that we learn to love the way the kingdom is, the more we will learn to find Jesus attractive and beautiful. Like the cross is not beautiful unless you already love Jesus. Otherwise it's horrific. It is ugly. It is grotesque. It is uh, something to to look away from. But when you love Jesus, you see that the cross is something beautiful. And the same is true for life in the kingdom. And this is the idea that we really want to get to, which is that God always chooses uh, the people who in this world and the kingdoms of this world will seem weak and foolish and uh, and maybe small and insignificant. Uh, and whether that be stories in the Bible, like uh, the story of King David, where God chooses the smallest, youngest brother who's doing the most meaningless job in the corner that no one ever cares about, but he goes through all the brothers and chooses the smallest one. Or the, the story of Gideon, where he gets this whole army to go to war and God goes, let's whittle that down. Let's whittle that down. Let's And he gets down to 300 men who are going to go out and kind of do this fight. And there's this whole beautiful moment in that where really that's about, hey, we're going to learn to rely on God, not our own strength. Uh, Heidi, when we were talking earlier, brought up Moses, who's, I can't speak. I don't have the ability to speak, but God's like, you know, I'm still choosing you. Or whether that's Deborah, who's one of my favorite stories, because I've got girls and they love any story that there's a girl in the Bible and she's a judge who gets called to lead the people of Israel to go uh, to war against these enemies and none of the men want to go fight. And she's like, well, then I guess I'll go do it, right? God's going to choose the woman to go to war and she ends up leading the whole thing. And it's just this beautiful picture of what life in the kingdom is. And we think this movie, Kung Fu Panda, really gives you a chance to talk about that. So let's get that conversation started. Uh, Donnie, do you want to kind of start us off? How, how do you see in the movie Kung Fu Panda this idea of God choosing the most unlikely hero? I think um, the biggest part is I think about um, how when Poe is chosen, of course, 
it seems like you know of course <laughs> out of the sky per se like you know it, well literally actually but um and then you have Ugwe that's like no there's no accidents <laughs> there's no accident yeah and it's, it's clearly an accident but he's yeah. like nope this is no accident and then yeah. she was over here going no 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 all of these people are so much better for this role and he's like nope we choose this one and i feel like that so much how god is god doesn't choose the obvious choice god chooses the one that he knows that he can that he knows that through him he can make things happen like it's yeah. like the example of what with, with david like you know the idea is that okay well you know david conquered no god conquered David did what God asked him to do, and he stepped up. And because of that, he was able to do these amazing things. Yeah. You know, in that particular case, like the David versus Goliath. But I think it's that idea of when you look at all the details of things, because we always kind of look at the end result. You know, we look at the big picture that happened at the end. Oh, he slayed Goliath, you know, but we don't look at the process or the progress yeah. that went along that or the things that. He did in there. It was the earnestness of going, okay, well, God says, you know, I trust God and I'm going to go do this. And I think it's something that we often sometimes forget as parents to focus on the progress and the process instead of focusing on the end result. We're like, hey, you did, you know, like you went to school and you got all, you did your grades and stuff. Good job. And that's where it ends because that's what we were looking at is the result rather than, man, I've watched you grow. I've watched what you're capable of. I see what you're capable of. It's like, instead of telling our kids, Hey, good job. We say, I love the way you wrote that. I love how much you've grown in your, in your ability to continue to challenge yourself. And to, right. when you, when you didn't succeed, that you found ways to overcome that, you know? And I think, that's exactly how we have to kind of proceed in our faith walk and with, you know, and teaching it to our kids is that it's not about the end result. It's about the process because yeah. <laughs> Moses didn't start out as that guy. Let's be clear. Like Moses, Moses was not the guy. It was like, Moses was like, I don't want to do this. I don't, I'm not good. I don't well, and Moses good. didn't even end as that guy. Mo yeah. Moses spent his whole time bumbling and fumbling and messing things up. But what was credited to, and we talked about this, I think, on the podcast about heroes. I think that was on the Sea Beast one of mm -hmm. what gets credited to Moses as righteousness is not his skills and his abilities. It was his faith in God. Exactly. It was his ability to say, even though I am, it's the old saying of God does not call the equipped, he equips the called. Mm -hmm. when God calls you to do something, you may not be able to do it, but it's do I have faith to step out and do it anyway? Mm -hmm. That makes it and being able to kind of say that. And that's so that's the kind of conversation I had with my kids is I said, you know, look at Poe. There's nothing about him, right? He's this kind of fluffy. He does not look like a hero. He's fluffy, right? He he can't he can't, you know, do any of the tasks that are required of him. He can't be a hero like they need him to be. And the biggest threat they've ever had is coming, and he's the one that has to stop it. How is he gonna do it? Like, exactly. He can't. You know. Yeah, because most most of I mean, if you look at all most of the people that have done great things through God, it's not the person you expect. It's you know, you're talking about like if someone told you that, hey, all right, we're about to go to war, but the person who's going to lead us into this battle has killed every single one that looks like us. Like, wait, what? Right. What? 
wait, wait a minute. Like, yes. And that's Paul. Like Paul was, Paul was on the other side, like on of the war. And then he's like, no, now we're on this side. And, and God did amazing yeah. things through him. Well, and I think this movie does a good job of illustrating that. So we talked about, uh, Donnie already talked about kind of like choosing of Poe is by accident, but also every time uh, this villain, Tao Lung, comes to kind of, they're, they're afraid he's going to come. Their response is, well, we just need to do what you do when there's a problem and you destroy it. You power up, you get stronger. And so the very first one is Shifu, uh, played by Dustin Hoffman, in a wonderful performance, just a great performance, uh, sends uh, his kind of assistant, this geese, uh, this goose to go out and kind of warn the prison guards, hey, we need to increase the amount of prison guards. And there's this, you know, awesome, even before the escape scene of just like the layout of the prison. Sawyer, that yeah. just seems like it was totally your vibe of like these rhinos played by Michael Clark Duncan in a great, yeah. like, just like laying Literally, out the prison. Like everything about the prison, anything at the prison, I was like, oh, I'm vibing with this. Oh yeah, we're going to get a cool action scene here. It just, it was built for an action sequence, obviously. But. Well, and I think very much like the Sea Beast, when you're watching it, you're like, oh, that's cool. Look at all these rhinos. And you kind of know, maybe your kids don't know, but you know, okay, he's going to escape and we're going to see how cool he is when he escapes. So you see that scene and you're like, that was cool. And then you've got the scene afterwards, which is Tigress, played by who thinks she is the rightful dragon warrior. She's like, I'm the one that should be the dragon warrior. I've trained the most. I'm the best fighter. I should do this. She ends up taking her friends. I go, we're going to meet Taolong and we're going to fight him and stop him. And there's a great action sequence on that bridge there. I mean, that's just a cool action sequence there. It's shot cool. It looks cool. You see that? And they fail too. The power of might and strength and strategy all fails against someone who's bigger and stronger. And what ends up working is this moment, and I love uh, Ugwe, uh, played uh, played by uh, Randall Duck Kim in this movie. Just, I mean, this great performance of uh, this guy who's kind of talking to Shifu, and he's like, "Look, there's no accidents," and he's and he has that whole conversation about the peach tree which I thought was so beautiful. It's such a parenting kind of metaphor for us of like, you can try all you want to make your kids something they're not, but they're, if they're a peach seed, they're always going to become a peach tree. And this idea of like, you're trying to make this guy a warrior like everyone else. And so you go back to David and Goliath, right? There's that scene in, the, in, in that where David says, I'm going to go fight. And Saul goes, well, come put my armor on. And it's a parody of it in the in the biblical text. Wait, reads it's like a satire because you're imagining this like four and a half foot kid putting on this six, you know, Kevin Durant's armor, <laughs> like this, like massive Shaquille O'Neal comes in and he's like, "Here, let me put this on a ten year old." And it's like, of course, that's ridiculous because this guy's not going to fight like everyone else fights. Like it can't happen. And this movie gets to that of like the way that the kingdom of God goes forth is not by power or by human strategy. It's by something else. And I think this movie really gets to that. Heidi, you kind of highlighted in our conversation before about an important aspect I think is good to hit on here, which is this idea. And this kind of comes towards the end of the movie uh, where Poe has these three different moments where he's really trying to figure out who he is, right? The very first moment is he really wants to be a part of these, uh, what are they called? The Furious Five? Is that, I think that's their name? Yeah. The Furious Five, that's the that's the group of warriors that he really wants to be. And so his first thought is, well, I am 
what I'm able to do. Like, so he's like, I'm going to train and I'm going to be able to do all this stuff. And he just fails. He can't do what they do. So he feels like a failure. And then there's this idea of, I am what others say of me. There's all those scenes where he's like trying to convince everyone else that they, that, that he is. Uh, this dragon warrior and you know can can what is everyone else thinking you see all the scenes where they're all talking about him like this guy's a waste of our time you can see that breaking down and then there's this final moment which is the kind of third identity marker for most people which is i am what i have and he thinks well now i've got this dragon skull scroll that's going to unleash the power of the dragon warrior when he opens it up there's nothing on it and he has this breakdown again and then there's a moment where he goes and he talks with his dad and Heidi, I think you wanted to highlight something about this. Why don't you tell him a little bit about what that scene is where he goes back to his dad. He feels defeated. I'm not the person. I can't do this. And how that scene kind of translates. Yeah, totally. I think um, the thing that I was mostly um, like I felt I felt was important about this movie is that um, he is the hero. He is the dragon warrior. Um, and I think like with our children, uh, he, he talks to his dad and his dad talks about, you know, he talks about the missing ingredient and he, and the missing ingredient was there all along. And so he's talking about what's inside of you is what, you know, is what you need to become what you're destined to become. So in, in our relationship to Jesus and our relationship to, um, you know, our role in this world, in the kingdom I think that's probably one of the fundamental messages that, you know, we want to get across to our kids is that you are born, you are, you are, um, you come into this world with loved by a father who gives you, you know, attributes and qualities. And, you know, like you were saying, um, it's not about what those are. It's about who you are. And because you are who you are, and that is God's child then you can do powerful things in his kingdom and you can have this amazing purpose. Um, we all have a purpose, you know, and it's all part of his plan. But it, it again, like you're saying, like, it's not about us. It's not about our strengths or our weaknesses. Or, you know, if you put Kevin Durant's shoes on a, on a 10-year-old and you tell him, okay, now, now I expect you to play basketball just like him because you're wearing his shoes. Like, that's not <laughs> reality. However, if you, you know, if, if you have that kid do their best at something they are innately good at and gifted with, then that's going to, that's going to represent something totally different. And so we all have this opportunity to, to start with the base level of we are loved and we have value. We have innate value and dignity just because of whose we are, not who we are or what we have, you know, in, inside us, those things are, are a gift given from God to us as his children. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I love that. And I think, I think the idea you're trying to get to there that I think is so powerful is this idea of um, what's most important about me is not what I do or what others think of me or what I have, what matters most is that I'm loved by God. And that, that, that is really what makes me who I am. Um, and I think about so many kids, I I meet so many teenagers, you know, um, and I, I sometimes feel a little bit of weight for 
um, the way I would communicate to teenagers um, because I would talk to them after a while, this idea that you have limitless potential and you can be anything and you can do anything. It is crushing to kids because there's no ceiling on it. And no matter how far I go, I, I can't ever reach it because I can do anything. And when I get to a place where I realize, uh, oh, I do have limitations, I then feel broken. I feel like, well, I was supposed to be able to do anything. I was supposed to be able to be anything. And it turns out I can't do that, right? And then I show up for the job that I thought I was made to do. And someone goes, hey, only your mom thinks you sing good, dude. Like, <laughs> only your mom thinks that you're good at this. And then I feel like, wow, I really messed up. And there's this anxiety. And I, I meet so many kids who have anxiety and depression. And it's over this idea of I should be more. I should do more. I should, I should have more. I should have this idea. And I think what Heidi, you're getting to that is so important for our kids just to let them know, you don't have to be anything other than be loved. Just accept yeah. the love that's already there for you. Yeah, except the part of your identity that comes from God, because that is, you know, it's like it, it's like the the thing that Donnie and I were talking about. Like the truth is that he was the only dragon warrior. <laughs> that was the truth. That no matter what anybody else did, they were not they were not who he was. And so while you know he was the only one who could do that, we each are our father's child and we are created with a purpose. And so I think it's like, yeah, you, you know, everything, everything you were saying is exactly right. And, and if they have the fundamental, um, you know, truth that you are God's, you are loved by the, the King over all of this, <laughs> then you can rest in confidence that, as you grow, as you develop, then you will find your purpose. You'll find your calling, your, you know, you'll find the things about you that can, you know, make a positive impact on other people's lives. Um, but most importantly, it is all and only because of you were created by a loving father to be loved and represent love for him. Yeah, and I think that's the idea. I think if we can get into our kids early in that you're you're safe and you're secure in God's kingdom because you're his child and he loves you and there's nowhere that you can go uh out of the father's hand. I think there is there's a power in that. Um and then it allows them I'm not trying to hide the parts of me that are weaker or foolish or uh that make me weaker. Because those are the accomplish everything or be the best at every, you know, like I'm not trying yeah. all of those things that you were talking about, you know, um, yeah. you, you are able to accept who you are because you know that you are already accepted and loved. Yeah. Well, and then, and then it frees you up to actually do something in the kingdom. Cause the truth is you don't accomplish anything in the kingdom on your own power. And I think, um, you know, I think there's a way of reading this movie and, 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 seeing when I open the scroll and um, I see myself in the mirror, there's a way of reading that. And I, I've heard even, I was read some stuff online, just reading different reviews that the way you read that is, oh, you were enough the whole time and you should have known you were enough the whole time. But I don't think that is even what the movie's trying to say. I think the point of the movie is trying to say you were looking for something that wasn't there. 
Um, you are you were looking for a missing ingredient that was never supposed to be there. Uh, and the idea is for you to just be faithful in the moment. So the way I think of it is, you know, uh, you what credits you as righteous before God is your faith, that it is God who does anything in the kingdom. Anything that happens in the kingdom is God, but it is God working through people. And it is when a person just willing is willing to say, hey, I will follow you to where you call me to be. That's that's when something powerful happens. And uh, so I want to talk a, a minute now. We've kind of wa- walked through the movie, but I think the final battle of this movie is awesome. And uh, Sawyer, I have a feeling as the villain of the podcast, this is not your favorite battle. Um, I... Look, as the villain of this podcast, I dislike this battle. But as a person who enjoys good storytelling, I really love this battle. Um, and the latter trumps the former. And so I would I would actually say that I, I enjoy this battle. Um, it's aesthetically, I guess, if you want to be nitpicky, it's not as nice looking as the other two really big action set pieces. But I think the storytelling going on is just really great. I love this idea that... Poe has accepted who he is and he's going to use his strengths to win this battle or not even his strengths, his weaknesses. Yeah. His, he's just going to use his nature to win this battle is the thing. And I, I really like this, you know, look, I, 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 I'm a good sucker for a a final move. That's like uh, the big thing. And I, I, I love, uh, I love the way that he wins the battle. And it's like this very, you know, skadoosh. I, I, I would, I, I will awesome. say when that movie came out, I was saying skadoosh about everything. Okay. I bet I can and see so, it. Uh, I, so, he, I, I had a great time at, at the end of this movie. Here's what I'll say to push back. This is the Nathan, this is the Nathan hot take. It's coming in. I think this is a better looking action sequence than the other two. If what if it depends on what you mean by better, if mm-hmm. if what makes an action sequence good is cool, which I think is what most of us tend to think of as action action sequences need to be cool. The first one very much looks like a live action one brought to brought to animation. Yeah, this one, I think there are visually inventive things that you don't normally see in action sequences and it becomes so original, so much fun. I think, Donnie, I can't remember, were you talking about this on the podcast or after, I mean, before we were filming, uh, the 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 final action sequence, it's almost a parody of what action sequences are supposed to be. Like, but in a way that is actually still very visually inventive, like Poe ends up fighting Tao Long, and at one point, you were describing the one where he's on the roof. Yeah, like he he's he's running on the roof trying to get away from Tai Long. And like the little shingles keep hitting Tai Long in right. the face. And like he's running from Tai Long and then he bends the tree down and then he falls off the tree and then the tree comes back and smacks <laughs> Tai Long in the face. It's like yes. all of these things of him trying to get away, but also trying to do what he thinks he's supposed yes. to do ends up being everything that he needed. Well, and I think it ends up being, like you said, it's all the things he thought he was supposed to. And Tao Lung is fighting him as if he were fighting a superhero, right? Like he's fighting him like, well, the way to do this, is you just have better moves and you fight and you punch and you do all these different things. And it ends up being this moment. And what I kept thinking of the whole time I was watching was this is like judo. You know, judo is. Oh, yeah. You don't actually fight another person. You use their force and their weight 
against them. So like mm-hmm. someone throws a punch and you kind of turn it and move it around where they actually end up damaging themselves. And I've, I've, I've heard of uh, one of my favorite pastors talks about Jesus's commands of turning the other cheek or, you know, doing good to those who do evil to you. All the things that in our world look like weakness. He says they're like spiritual judo that when someone is coming at you with this intensity and hatred of force and you say, instead of returning your hate for hate, instead of fighting fire with fire, which I'm assuming I'm not a firefighter, but I assume trying to fight fire with fire makes a bigger fire, not less fire. I'm not sure. I'm not a scientist. I can't sounds tell. All right. Sounds yeah. right. Uh, fire plus fire. So you need mean- to be careful here, Nathan. I think you're, you're treading on water. You don't know about. Okay. I, and neither do I, but Hey, I, we should be careful talking about this about fire with fire yeah yeah i, I think I, it's I think, dangerous never I, mind if you got to put out a fire light a match uh just figure it out we, we might some, be spreading some serious misinformation right yeah, now okay i, I, I don't want to be causing problems but maybe fighting fire with fire is a problem and it doesn't put anything out um and and but what he talks about is that what jesus teaches us what paul teaches based on the teachings of jesus of you know, doing good to those, blessing those who curse you. Paul says it's like putting shame on top of their head. It's it's like putting burning coals and not in a way that hurts them, in a way that what they are doing becomes shameful to themselves. That they end up looking at themselves and saying, I'm 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 punching a man who's not fighting back. I'm fighting someone who's not fighting back. What kind of person am I? It takes the legs out from hatred and evil. And I think in this way, it's a way, an example of Poe has become this in his weakness, in his cowardice, you know, to run away, he's actually doing more damage. All the things that the whole time they have told him make you weak are the things that make him strong. And it reminds me of Paul's writing to the first Corinthians where he says, hey, many of you, when you were called, you were not people that anyone would consider wise. You were the low and the poor and the foolish and the weak. And he says this, he goes, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. And then this is the point he makes. So that, and this is 1 Corinthians uh, 1, 29, so that no one may boast before him. God is not looking for the strong because maybe then when you accomplish something for God, you'll go, Look how good I just did for you, God. Look how good I just did. Look how smart that was what I just said. Look at how brave I was before you, God. Look at this. And God goes, I'm not looking for anyone to boast. And when I choose the weak things, they know they didn't accomplish anything on their own. When I choose the foolish things, they know anything smart that came out of their mouth was not from them. And that's the way God calls us to approach him. I am loved. I am a child of God. But I'm not going to hide my weakness. I'm not going to hide what's foolish about me. I'm going to embrace it because in that moment in the movie, and this is what I love, and I said this to my girls, I said, turns out him being a little chunky was okay for him because there's that moment where the 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 kind of killer move, the Mortal Kombat fatality that, uh, that Tao Lung has is this like nerve pinch thing he does that immobilizes people. And when he does it to kind of like, I'm going to destroy him. It just tickles Poe <laughs> because, <laughs> because Poe's like, he's like, oh, that tickles. You know, like he can't get to his nerves through all those things. And it's not like Poe was using what was innately strong about him. It was that he was using what was innately weak about him. And it was a spiritual judo move. It mm-hmm. just destroyed him. And then he gets that moment with the wuxi finger hold. 
skadoosh. And it's just, it's beautiful, man. It's just this beautiful opportunity. So, uh, you know, as we're kind of wrapping this thing up, is there anything from Kung Fu Panda that just stands out that we haven't talked about? I'm just talking about fun things from the movie because I think this is a fun movie. And I think we've covered a lot of what parents can talk about. But I also just want to, I really want to push just watching this movie with your kids because it's fun. So anything that stood out to you from this movie we didn't talk about, Donnie? I mean, things I'm thinking about is like, you know, as parents, I think sometimes we take ourselves a little too seriously in the things that we're doing. And sometimes we forget to laugh a little bit. And this movie gives us that opportunity to do that because, yes, there there are serious moments and there are times where we have to be the person that has the face of like, okay, things have to be done. But there are times as a parent, you just have to have that belly laugh where you just like where your kids go, oh, okay. So you're not just the person that helps me to learn all these things through lessons. You're also a person that enjoys the simplicity of life of laughing about moments that are funny. Yeah, I agree. That's a lot of fun. Heidi, you got anything? Oh, I just wanted so much food after this. Like the soup. Oh, I know. The dumplings, the noodles, all of it. Yes. So hungry. So yeah, I I thought, oh man, this would be totally fun to watch this with my kids and have some of that. (laughs) So there's another idea to make it a little more. You were talking about dumplings. Have you watched the Pixar? It's either Pixar Disney Animation short Bow? Yes. 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 (laughs) Oh, that'll break your heart right there. Break your it's heart. It basically en- encapsulates my first parenting journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how Don't true ever that is. I will consume you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sawyer, anything from Kung Fu Panda that we we didn't get to talk about? Uh, I would go remiss if I did not mention that uh, this is the second Jackie Chan movie that we have talked about. Jackie Chan, criminally underrated in this movie. His performance as Monkey is awesome. That's true. That's true. He's good. He's good. He's very good. All right. Well, uh, I hope you guys watch this. I hope you watch the other two Kung Fu Panda movies. They're awesome. And, uh, of course, uh, we hope you guys have great conversations, whether it be about this movie or about anything that just help you to lead your family to love Jesus and his way of life even more. We'll see you guys next time.